Hey there, Scouting Stuff listeners. No new episode this week, unfortunately. Scouter Call and I are both away, and we weren't able to get together ahead of being away to record a new episode. Just too many things came up that got in the way of actually getting together. That's all right, though. Rather than leave you with a blank week, I decided to reach back into the archives and unearth an old episode for a rebroadcast. So this harkens us back to, I think this was episode 23 originally, but it looks at why the scouting movement uses the fleur-de-lis for its symbol. This was a fairly well-received episode when it first launched. A lot of people actually wound up, from what I understand, incorporating it into some of the training that they gave to their parents, you know, because sometimes parents are curious too. Hey, why does scouting use the symbols that it does? Well, you know what? We tried to look at the answer to that question in this episode and got some really good feedback from it as a result. So dive back in time, dive back to the days before we had really good microphones for a look at why scouts use the fleur-de-lis. Well, and and it was fun because I actually went back in our history to listen to like some of the earlier podcasts mm. just for, you know, historical sake. Yeah, historical comparative <laughs> are we are we getting better? And and certainly the technology has gotten better since our initial uh, our yes, initial the tech curve is certainly uh, yeah, initial recordings, but yeah, it's uh it's coming along. I still got to find a, a way to not use the the crappy mic over there. Ah, yes. Yeah. When there's three of us. Yeah. But uh, still working on that. Well, welcome back to another episode of Scouting Stuff You Should Know. This is episode 23. Hooray! Here we go. See? Hey. It's ready that time. Hey. Yeah. The show notes help a lot, don't they? (laughs) (laughs) They they do. They do. They do. All right, and you have got two of us tonight. Uh, of course, you can hear that lovely chuckle, so that means Colin is with us again. Yes, sir. And of course, you got myself, Scouter Ken. Now, before we get to the main topic tonight, I did have actually I have one thing I wanted to show you. Oh, okay. So, I mean, we've we've talked about the Canadian path a fair bit, right? And the new badge program, of course, that it brings to the Beavers. I mean, yeah. it changed the badge program for Cubs yeah. and Scouts. Yeah, how it's how it's uh, how how the structure of it is actually mm-hmm. changed, and in a way, they're a lot more harmonized. Right, but consistency I mean, throughout the the sections, if you will. Yes. Yeah. But of course, the big thing for me as the Beaver Scouter is that oh my gosh, my beavers can actually earn badges. Yes, it's kind of a big deal. Yes, but there was a bit of a hiccup because. Like, I mean, if I look in my scouter's manual, there's mm-hmm. a great reference section in the back, you know, just a page after page. Here's this badge. Here's this badge. Here's this badge and ideas for how the youth can pursue the badges. Right. Now that's for the personal achievement badges, which are entirely optional for the outdoor adventure skills. Even in my scouter's manual, it talks about the skills and like the different categories, but there's no actual requirement list. Oh, <clears throat> fiddle dee dee. <laughs> So, now, if you go to Scouts Canada's Canadian Path website and you go to the Outdoor mm-hmm. Adventure Skills section on it, yeah. you can find actually really excellent documentation 
in PDF format. Okay. Of, you know, like this is your trail skills, outdoor adventure skill. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, stages one to nine. Here's all the requirements and here's the competencies that you're expecting to see the youth demonstrate. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. Great documentation. Yes. Available in PDF on the Scouts Canada website. Okay. If I send out that link to the parents, five of them at most are going to actually do something with that. <laughs> Plus that, there's an inherent risk here. Yes. I'm going to hand a five-year-old a printed off eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper with a checklist on it. <laughs> oh, 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 are you afraid that that will, will, won't get home? I'm going to get tell home? this five-year-old <laughs> that I hope he or she will bring this loose piece of printed oh, paper yes. back to each successive meeting. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because that, um, that'll work. <laughs> So <laughs> that's a great idea. And then I'm going to do this a whole bunch of times yes. across multiple kids and multiple outdoor mm-hmm. adventure skills. Yep. That, uh, that, that, that plan doesn't sound flawed at all. I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> certainly having raised a couple uh-huh. of five-year-olds of my own now, yes. I, uh, I can totally not see anything wrong with that plan. <laughs> no. Isn't well, that, isn't that why parents always went to the whole, uh, you know, like people getting, giving email addresses at like schools and things like that, just so that they could get the correspondences. Yes. From the, or that's why, like, I mean, even I when mean, my brother was in high school, like there was a, a login portal. Yes. That my mom could go to. And, yes. And get yeah. all the announcements or whatever. Exactly. Whatever stuff was there. I don't think we have that through the school system here. Not that I was really ever keen on that idea. It always seemed a little bit too invasive to me but i mean Mm -hmm. the teachers do have websites that they maintain and update yes so that's good too yeah but anyways Mm -hmm. now i could set up a group website i mean certainly have the technical competency to do that yes but anyways i was talking with another of my leaders um and we were back and forthing a little bit just around the idea of we like we've put together other bits of sundry documentation like uh, last year we did, you know, survival kits and go bags. Right. And you know, like, what do you want to put yeah. in these? Yeah. So that documentation is all sitting in Quip anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just in our shared folders and, uh, or like, you know, what to pack for camp, things like that. You know, yeah. all of this handy documentation that yeah. is. It's the infrastructure that's already put in place by the mm-hmm. sounds of it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, if you look at the field book for Canadian scouting over there, which still has a purpose, by the way, it's actually uh, referenced multiple times in the outdoor adventure skills. Oh, okay. So that's good. Yes. Um, but it's also the field book for Canadian scouting. It's probably a little above the age level of a beaver. Yeah. Well, maybe. I mean, some beavers, I think, could totally hack it. Some, I, not so much. I it's wouldn't really... qualify it as bedtime reading for a beaver. No. No. I mean, it's not written in, you know, the most technically complicated language. I, right. I think that there's, you know, like for, for someone like, you know, my uh, older daughter, I don't think there'd be a comprehension issue. Some of the other beavers, I think they'd be fine. <clears throat> Others, not so much. Mm-hmm. Let's face it. <clears throat> ages five, six, and seven, for a lot of kids, you're going to go from not reading, kind of reading, yeah. reading quite well. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of change that happens across that relatively small span of ages in terms of their ability to read and comprehend a text. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we eventually settled on this idea that, you know, we should really just have one 
common <clears throat> source that has the badge requirements that we can add to or expand mm -hmm. if we actually, you know, produce more documentation for the kids, mm -hmm. uh, like the survival kit packet, uh, contents or a yeah. bag or things yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. So I put together and I'll put a link in the show notes to this. I put together that. Ooh. Uh, it's called the unofficial Beaver Scout badge handbook. And for now, all it is, is just a badge handbook. Yeah. So, uh, well, I mean, I, I wrote a brief section oh. at the start that's like an introduction to yeah. beavers and scouting. Yeah. And like the names that you can pick for your yeah. leaders. Yeah. Um, and then a brief little bit about the Canadian path. Yeah. Uh, a lot of which I just took right from the Scouts Canada website. Because yeah. you know, the text was already yeah. written. Yeah. But then... So for the outdoor adventure skills, mm -hmm. um, oops, yeah. So for the outdoor adventure skills, this this document looks pretty uh, pretty sharp. Uh, yeah, I, I had, I'm not gonna lie. That's uh, <laughs> so for the outdoor adventure skills. You can see, like, I pulled in the checklists from that document that I was mm -hmm. talking about. I pulled in like the requirements that you know we're kind of it, expecting the kids to, to yeah. demonstrate. Yeah. No. Um, if I was a leader. Uh, in the beaver section, that would be a very handy, uh, very useful document to to have in yeah. the, in the kit. And uh, then also, like, there's the North Star Award. Mm -hmm. um, and then for the personal achievement badges, I basically took the suggestions and guidelines for the badge, yeah. and then I also pulled in the badge planning sheet, mm -hmm. which was another document that had been released yeah so it's basically yeah so now you open the book on the left hand side you get the badge discussion of the badge and then yeah. on the right hand side you get the planning sheet and it just does that for each badge in turn yeah. so would this be something now like who who's huh, sorry uh who is the person that would be reading this document like i mean as a leader that's pretty sharp um you know uh but would you be giving that book then to the youth and being like, you have yes. to, you have to like, you know, do whatever, coil it, laminate the covers, nope. that nope. kind of Not thing. even that actually. I, uh, Where the website you... you saw me, you saw it on there and this is why I can put a link in the show notes. Right. It's a service called Blurb. I've oh, used okay. it in the past. I use it actually every couple of years we put together a photo book of the kids for right. parents, okay. grandparents. Yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what it is. It's basically a book printing service. Oh. So all I did was I <clears throat> put together everything in Word, mm -hmm. did a couple of like, yeah, I mean, there were some formatting adjustments that have to be made because it's Word. It's not the best for doing book layouts, but I haven't shelled out for Adobe InDesign. So right. know, whatever. You'll be a slave to Microsoft like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I can bend it to my will. <laughs> But then I just um, saved it as a PDF, uploaded it to Blurb, put some cover art on it, and ordered 50 copies that should be here about middle of next week. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, that's... Just in time for investiture. Oh. So each kit, they're a five by... Uh, I, I set it up for five, like a five by eight yeah. uh, soft cover book, kind of like Scouting for Boys over here. Right. Pretty much. Right, right. Um, and so, yeah, each kid's going to be able to take one home. And I mean, again... Even for the five-year-olds, yeah, it's, you know, there's going to be, the badge requirements are what they are. Mm -hmm. You know, I pulled them right out of the documents for Scouts Canada. And so the language is what it is. 
and they're definitely going to be relying on their parents to help understand it, but then they're going to be relying on their parents to help cross off some of those goals anyways. Yeah. So it should be okay. The parts of the book where I did some original writing, so like, you know, a uh, quick history of the beaver movement, things like that. Yeah. Um, there I tried to write it in a much more, you know, <clears throat> vernacular, yeah. kid-friendly yeah. terminology and make it very personal. You know, it's not <clears throat> the youth, it's you. you know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> they don't need to know that they're youth. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I threw that together over the course of a couple of weeks. And yeah. I mean, there's... I look at it now and I'm like, oh, well, I could have formatted that a little bit better. But you know what? It gives me something that I think has a much better chance of working the way I need it to. Yeah. That's infrastructure that's now in place for you, right? Exactly. Yeah. And the plan actually is over the course of the year, as we generate material, I mean, I am suggesting for the older beavers that they just get a copy of the field book. Yeah. But... The field book doesn't contain everything. It's got a lot of good stuff, mm-hmm. but it doesn't contain everything. So if we produce anything that, I guess uh, I'm going to use the word would supplement mm-hmm. what's in the field book, mm-hmm. I've still got the, you know, the in progress document. We'll keep adding to it. And then yeah. at the end of the year, I'll probably produce like a V2.0 that yeah. has <laughs> the badge guides um, and your, and uh, then any additional information that we've put in your various appendices, mm-hmm. a lot of which is going to be related to the outdoor adventure skills yeah. anyway. Yeah. But no, cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh that's pretty slick. Yeah. That was my all consuming project for the last two weeks. Well, congratulations on the accomplishment. I, I think it, uh, I think it'll be a valuable resource for, uh, yeah, any, uh, any beaver leader at any rate that would, uh. That'll be a, a yeah, pretty uh, pretty handy tool. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I only went with the first three stages of the outdoor adventure skills. But then again, if you look at the Beaver Scout map, that's all they... Um, if you look under the outdoor adventure skills badges that are depicted on the map, there's only yeah. three um, little check boxes underneath anyways. Yeah. They so, don't want to they don't want to push them too too hard too fast. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to get to like level six well, and be like, you know... <laughs> Honestly, mountaineering. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, looking at the level three requirements, uh, mm-hmm. it'll be the rare beaver who hits level three in most of the outdoor adventure skills anyways. Yeah. So. Fair enough. Not worried about that. Mm-hmm. But that is actually really just a long preamble for what I did want to talk about. And this question actually does come out of beavers because I had... Um, one of the uh, one of my new beavers this year, very very keen little girl, she's very enthusiastic, and the family has some there some French background at any rate, right? Okay, yep. Um, so at the very first meeting, she and then her mom come up to me, and she's kind of you know a little bit she was being a little bit shy for whatever reason because that's not what I'd come to expect from her. Mm-hmm. Um, she came out to a couple of our meetings last year as well, but, uh, you know, she kind of asked this question and I don't quite catch it. So her mom's just like, she wants to know why you use the fleur de lis, mm. you know, because it's like, I thought scouting started in England and yep. the fleur de lis is, you know, a very, it's a very, French symbol. Very French. <clears throat> well, so, I mean, I can say that I've been asked this question now and yep. I'm pretty sure that other scout leaders have probably fielded. Uh, a similar question before, 
So what I wanted to do was kind of just take a look at the history of the fleur and its use as a symbol in scouting. And I got to admit that if you actually crack open like the original copy of Scouting for Boys, in the section where he's talking about the scout's badge, mm-hmm. I don't think Baden-Powell actually even uh, references it as a fleur-de-lis at all. Interesting. Uh, so on the, uh, I have, I have Scouting for Boys, the original 1908 edition, although I mean, this is a reprint. But yeah. <clears throat> this is on page uh, 34. This is in part one of the book, Boy Scouts Organization. It is in the uh, badges and medals section. And BP writes, the scout's badge is this, and it shows an early depiction of the fleur-de-lis. Okay, mm-hmm. so as you can see, it's, you know, the fleur-de-lis shape, yeah. uh, the band, and then a banner underneath with be prepared on it. Right. The scout's badge is the arrowhead, Baden-Powell writes, which shows the north on a map or on the compass. It is the badge of the scout in the army because he shows the way. So, to a peace scout shows the way in his duty, or in doing his duty and helping others. The motto on it is the scout's motto of be prepared, BP, my initials, which means that a scout must always be prepared at any moment to do his duty and to face danger in order to help his fellow men. Its scroll is turned up at the ends like a scout's mouth because he does his duty with a smile and willingly. There's also a little knot hanging off the bottom of the scroll. The knot is to remind the scout to do a good turn to someone daily. A scout's badge represent and is called his life. It is given him when he passes his tests in scoutcraft necessary to make him a scout. And it goes on and on from there. But I didn't notice any point in here where he actually calls it the fleur de lis. And in doing some research for this episode, I actually noticed that in their... What was this now? The 1911 Boy Scout Handbook published by Boy Scouts of America. I actually noticed that they, uh, well, here, I'll read it. The scout badge is not intended to represent the fleur-de-lis or an arrowhead. Interesting. Yeah. I was going to say, a <laughs> moment of on. pause and a raised eyebrow. Hang on, yeah. wait a minute, back to page 30. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure <laughs> you just read something. <laughs> the scout's badge is the arrowhead. The scout badge is not intended to represent the fleur-de-lis or an arrowhead. Oh, okay. Okay. Do tell. (laughs) What is it supposed to be? (laughs) We're already seeing some fluidity in the definition of the symbol. Yes. (laughs) Um, Consistency across the board. (laughs) Yes. Continuing, though, it is a modified form of the sign of the north on the Mariner's compass. Aha. So there's that compass theme again. Yeah. Which is as old as the history of navigation. The Chinese claim its use among them as early as 2634 B.C., And we have definite information that it was used at sea as early as 300 AD. Marco Polo brought the compass to Europe on his return from Cathay. The signs of the north on the compass gradually came to represent the, or the sign of the north on the compass gradually came to represent the north and pioneers, trappers, woodsmen, and scouts, because of this, adopted it as their emblem. Through centuries of use, it has undergone modification until it has now assumed the shape of our badge. This trifoil badge of the scouts is now used with slight local variations in almost every civilized country as the mark of brotherhood for good citizenship and friendliness. Its scroll is turned up at the ends like a scout's mouth because he's dead and he does his duty with a smile and willingly. The knot is to remind the scout to do a good turn to someone daily. 
So okay, some recurring themes there. Yep, but also some divergence in opinion. Yeah. Well, I I I do recall when being back in Scouts and having that discussion about why the fleur de lis and the compass being a very much a a, a, a topic. Like the, yes, the the main the main reason why it was used is because it was a symbol of. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's an it is an a very yeah it's an embellished compass point right really, is what it. And I mean, you can like you know, I, I don't have them here. They're still at my folks' place, but like there's maps in like the Encyclopedia Britannica. You know, my folks have you, a set you might from you might have to Britannica. Uh, if if our listeners right. are right for those long. of you under the age of whenever smartphones really started to become a thing. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> no, I you don't be, even remember uh, when smartphones be, became a thing. I shouldn't be quite so sardonic, <laughs> uh, but you know, it. You don't see them as much anymore. Although I imagine school libraries probably still have a set. But the problem with a printed encyclopedia is that they rapidly become out of date, right? Well, yeah, you're the, you're always getting a, the next edition and that that kind of thing. The information. Right. Yeah. The information is added to, never taken away. So Exactly. But, you know, um, it used to be much more commonplace for families to have a printed set of encyclopedias at home, uh, often the Encyclopedia Britannica, although that was one among many. Mm-hmm. Um, my folks actually just inherited theirs from my dad's mother, my grandmother. Yeah, I, I recall having a, a set of encyclopedia. Um, we ha- actually had the Canadian... Yes. Encyclopedia. And that was like three books. <laughs> <laughs> it's the condensed version. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you think of uh, when, back when encyclopedias were a thing, there it was a, it was like 12 books. Yes. Or gosh, I think my parents' Britannica set is probably closer to 30. Oh, like it's, wow. It's a monumental set. Wow. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the... the <laughs> But there's would, sections of some of the books that yeah. have maps, yeah. and some of them do actually use this uh, embellished uh, compass yeah. point. Looks like a flirtily. Yeah, but they also uh, like for the world scouting emblem. I mean, the the emblem itself has changed and morphed yes. over time. Like what they were saying. Yes. So we'll get to that yeah. in a minute too, because yeah. there's actually some interesting. Now, I just wanted to note too that since 1911, BSA um, has come to call the symbol the fleur de lis. Okay. Mm. Uh, as evidenced both by, and there, I'll include links in the show notes to this. I couldn't find like an online um, scouter's manual PDF or anything like that, but I did find um, some downloadable graphics on their website. Mm-hmm. So the official BSA yeah. uh, logo, yeah. which they flag as a fleur-de-lis. And then also um, there's multiple references to the symbol by name in their brand guide. Oh, okay. It's, it, it's interesting that they do call it a fleur-de-lis even now, though the documentation... Well, again, that was from their 1911 handbook. So, oh, you know, a century oh. and more ago, right? Oh, okay. So, obviously, Fair. there's been Fair some enough. refinement in terms... Or there's been some adjustment in terms of how they oh, have I've, seen and referenced the symbol. I may have missed the 1911 part of yes. that, that, that discussion. Yes, 1911 Boy Scout handbook... Okay. Fair enough. Uh, ...says that it is not meant to represent the fleur-de-lis, but since then, they've certainly come to uh, use that as the name of the symbol. Right. Now... Let's think, I mean, the modern World Scout emblem, you've got the fleur-de-lis, right? So you've got mm-hmm. the, the trifoil yep. bound together on the outer leaves. What's on the outer leaves? Uh, stars. Stars. 
And what encircles? Uh, rope. Yes. Tied with a? Reef knot. Right. Look so, at how smart I am. There you go. <laughs> That's all by memory. So <laughs> this one I took from uh, the scouting pages, and I'll try to remember to include a link in the show notes, okay? The basic design was in use for centuries before it came to indicate north on a compass. The Chinese are known to have used it as a direction symbol as early as 2000 BC. Uh, the Larousse Encyclopedia notes that some Etruscan bronzes and Roman ornaments carried the design, and it has been found on ancient monuments in Egypt and India. So there you go. Uh, it is used as a navigation aid in Europe, or its use, sorry, as a navigation aid in Europe probably dates from the end of the 13th century when Marco Polo brought it back, or brought back a compass from Cathay. So there you go again. Okay. The Grand Encyclopedia credits an Italian marine pilot, Flavio Gioja of Amalfi, for drawing it as a north point on a primitive compass that he built. The Encyclopedia Britannica gives another interesting version of the origin of the design. Uh, this is that it derives from the wind rose, which is much older than the magnetic compass and first appeared on the charts for Mediterranean sea pilots. Okay. The eight main, eight main wind directions were shown by Greek letters and the north yeah. wind marked T for Tramontana. In time, the T was embellished or combined with an arrowhead so that it was no longer recognizable as a T. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. The design is much used elsewhere. It appears in ornate versions on heraldic coats of arms and in many decorative designs. Sometimes it is used to represent a lance or a spearhead, a lily, which is actually where we get fleur de lis from, yeah. um, or even a bee or a toad. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not seeing it, but apparently. No, I, I, <laughs> I'll just take your word for it. Or I'll take the scouting pages word yeah, for it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So today, as the symbol continues to point the way for navigators, so all over the world it points the way to service and brotherhood for all members of the scout movement. And concerning the elements of the emblem as it is used in scouting. Uh, <clears throat> so the encircling rope mm -hmm. symbolizes the unity and family of the world scout movement. The mm -hmm. reef knot, which can't be undone no matter how hard it is pulled, right. is symbolic of the strength of world scouting's unity and family. The two five-point stars stand for truth and knowledge, with the ten individual points of the stars representing the ten points of the original scout law. So what is a scout? <clears throat> a scout is honorable, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, and clean. Finally, the, the trifoil itself is generally seen as representing the three main parts of the promise. Duty okay. to God and yep. country, help yep. other people, keep the scout law. That seems to strike a chord when you said that. I'm like, yeah, okay, that 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 totally makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and then the world emblem itself is, so the the world scouting emblem is a badge. You, it, it's, Pur yeah, I mean, it's you'll see it just about in any purple, scouting uniform. Round, round purple. purple badge. With uh, all of the white. heraldry in white. Yes. So... Um, Sorry, royal purple uh, background. Yeah, so the white or silver represents purity, and the royal purple denotes leadership and service. There is your... And actually, uh, I was just going through our new Scouter Manual, and the Scouter Manual, uh, Scouts Canada's new uh, A Scouter's Guide to the Canadian Path, uh, puts all of this a bit more succinctly, but kind of hits on the same facts and themes. 
The, the WSM membership badge is the World Scout emblem, a purple circular badge with the fleur-de-lis in the center surrounded by a piece of rope tied with a reef knot. Now here, here is where I actually have to object slightly because they put bracket also called a square knot, which not quite. When, when we learn the reef knot, that's what they... That's what the literature called it too. Mm-hmm. They they called it a square knot. True, but we did kind of come to think of the square knot as being the, anyways, yeah. not important. You you can tie a square knot. You can yes, <laughs> and it comes out and it looks like a a square. Baden Powell first used the fleur de lis on a badge awarded to British Army scouts and subsequently adopted and modified the badge for scouting. The arrowhead represents the North Point on a compass. Mm-hmm. It's intended to point scouts on the path to service and unity. The three points on the fleur de lis represent service to others, duty to God, and obedience to the scout law. The two five-point stars stands for truth and knowledge, with the ten points representing the ten points of the scout law. The bond at the base of the fleur de lis, haven't had that discussed before, ah, yes, symbolizes the family of scouting, and the encircling rope uh, also symbolizes the family of the World Scout Movement, and, of course, it's unity. So... <clears throat> Similarities there? Yes, but also, again, like we kind of see this evolution going from, well, it's just an arrowhead mm-hmm. to it's not an arrowhead and it's not the fleur de lis to, no, it is the fleur de lis and also representing an arrowhead. Um, I think, though, the main point, the compass is kind of that one recurring theme, yes. which is perhaps why it's such a fitting symbol for the scout movement, right? Because it's you yes. know really very much about that. Well, direction. Direction, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, too, I mean, (laughs) even today, compass is a good skill for any scout to know how to, you know, is a good skill for any scout to acquire. Um, Google Maps doesn't always work in every every location. There there are places where where LTE and even 3G will fail you. Yes. And in fact, there's (laughs) a... The middle of Northern Alberta, there is no cellular reception. Well, there's more there than the middle of northern Saskatchewan. Oh, true. I've been to both places. <laughs> yes. I mean, if you, if you, I always enjoy looking at like uh, Bell. So Bell is the mobile provider I'm with. Mm-hmm. And if you go to their coverage map, like it's, Alberta sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Because like everything else, the coverage is basically this big band, right? You know, along the border and about as far north as Calgary, um, except in Alberta. Alberta is just like much of the province. There are still a lot of gaps, especially as you get further north. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Alberta has a very conspicuous amount of uh, coverage going much further north. Yeah. Um, I mean, probably because of like all the oil development and whatnot. But, yep. but yeah, no, I always enjoy looking at Canadian coverage maps. They're kind of funny. <laughs> Where am I? I have no idea. <laughs> yes. I can't, I can't even load Google. I'm on the middle of a lake. I have to use this thing called a map. Yeah, Lac-Larange, <laughs> no cell coverage, pretty sure. <laughs> if you needed to find your way on that lake, you would have to use more primitive means. Yep. But So yes, a compass is a good... Uh, yeah, you know, it's a good piece of scoutcraft yep. knowledge to have anyways, mm-hmm. but there is just that, you know, sort of richer symbolism of, of direction and of, you know, being knowledgeable about... Gosh, I mean, <laughs> uh, about, you know, like the different skills of, of scoutcraft and just sort of having that confidence, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's one thing that even I'll note, you know, when I'm like, even just on a trip with the family, right. 
everybody else in the car can be just like, where are we? Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty confident. Yeah. It's like, okay, no, we're, we're here. Yeah. Okay. Well, where is this thing? Um, it's just over there. Yeah. You know, so just that, that confidence in your surroundings and in your ability to find your way, you know, all things you would hope to find in a, in a scout. Yes. Directionally, like, um, I've always been pretty good about, um, knowing where, like once, um, knowing which direction I'm, I'm traveling and how to get back to where I, where I've been. Um, the only time that it threw me off actually was when, uh, my sister and I traveled to Australia mm. and we got off the plane, landed in Sydney, um, got to our hotel and then went for a walk and we didn't go very far, but I was, I, I got so turned around. Like, I'm like, okay, so let's, we'll, we'll go left and we'll go back to the hotel. And my sister's like, no, that's not, <laughs> that's yeah, not the direction. Sure that's not where we want to go. Yeah. Cause we'll be walking further away from the hotel. No, I'm pretty sure we'll be going back the right way. Nope. Mm. <laughs> Check a map and sure enough. Uh, I I had a pretty good time with it in, in Greece. Um, that, that was probably the time where I kind of was having to do the most thinking on my feet in terms yes. of like how to navigate around. Because yes. we were just walking through, you know, different cities. Um, not in a vehicle, just, you know, wandering. Yeah. And yeah, I mean... <clears throat> On some of those older cities, it's a little bit easier to get turned around on that kind of spiderweb street plan. Yeah, when the roads aren't straight. Mm-hmm. Um, Alberta, and specifically in Edmonton, you know, you don't find... It's very grid-oriented, or, right? So it, it doesn't matter. You you know that if you're on a street, you're running north-south, and if you're on an avenue, you're running east-west, and they get bigger as you go from the east the, the streets get bigger as you go from the east side of the city to the west. And Edmonton just, though, it likes to throw little curveballs at you, like how 66th Street suddenly becomes 75th Street. Yes. And you haven't left the road that you were on. Yes. Just, I crossed a bridge, and now I'm on yes. a different street. Or even uh, uh, some of the major arteries that, you know, start out as Grote Road and then become uh, Mark Messier Way or... What? Yeah, yeah, I guess there, it does that too, right? Yeah, yeah kind of, yeah. yeah. Well, same with same with 66th and 75th and then Wayne Gretzky yep. and, you know. Or even just... Uh, Fort Road. It's yeah. all the same. It's all the same road. Yeah, they it doesn't just, change. Yeah, they all kind of blend into one another, mm-hmm. don't they? Yeah. Um, you just can't call the, the road the... Yeah, Fort Road, Manning Drive, and it's yeah. just like, well, all I did was cross an avenue. Like, <laughs> what happened? But, you know, that happens a lot around here too. Like, I mean... Mm-hmm. You can be on a road and it'll have one name and then you get through an intersection and you're still on the same street you were driving on. You have not left your lane or anything, yeah. but all of a sudden your street has changed names. Um, it's, yeah, it's kind of a quirk of just road design around here. City planning. I am not a fan. Boo. Or like, you know, yeah, my front street here, you know, it'll just, <clears throat> it's, and it's a long example too, you know, like it goes from basically the school over here yeah, all the way across the community. Like it cuts, you know, we're talking, you know, three, three, four kilometers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, it would take me a good, well, 40 odd minutes probably to walk to the end of it. Okay. So, I mean, it's, I don't know if, yeah, three, four clicks. I'm not entirely sure, but it like, it's, it's a good distance. Yep. Um, but then yeah, you hit that intersection 
And if you just stay in your lane and keep going straight, you are on a completely different road name. Yeah. So Speed con- limit stays the same, which is kind of unusual, but <laughs> so whatever. confusing. Yes. No, <laughs> no consistency. Yeah. But anyways, um, yeah. So the fleur de lis symbol really is, there's definitely been some evolution in terms of how the movement has viewed it. Yes. But I think the overarching themes that it's trying to capture have really been they've they've stayed they've cons- stayed fairly consistent, consistent yeah. although it is interesting to note that you know like in scouting for boys and in the original conception and yeah. this i think is also reflected like you know in terms of the um, 1911 bsa handbook it started out as just the trifoil you know mm-hmm. the stars the rope, rope. yeah kind of came later on yeah um, and i actually wasn't able to find uh, exactly when the different elements were added like, yeah. by year but well you look at the 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 scouting symbol and like on the on the flag for the scouting section it's not the world scouting symbol no that is that's a a different that's that's a different uh layout than the actual scouting that's uh, true too so um what you could be looking for is when the the world uh scouting movement take on that emblem and make it make it their own with the royal purple and yeah that could be it too because i think even if i'm not mistaken like if you look at the uh well i want to go to i think this is true of bsa okay so the boy scouts of america uh logo actually does have the stars yes okay it doesn't have this encircling rope but it does have the stars and it doesn't have the band Yes. Oh, that. Well, yeah, that's true. Well, the eagle. There's kind an of eagle the way, yeah. in in front of it, but. And let's just do a quick comparison to Scouts Canada. So Scouts Canada has the band. Yeah. But no stars, and yeah. the encircling rope is not there. It's enclosed inside a maple leaf, which is then enclosed inside a teepee, or a tent. Yeah. One of the two. One of the two. Yes. Uh there's the World Organization one, of course. Yeah. No. And what's this one? Oh, that's more scouting in Canada. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. So, yeah, you're right. There is definitely some additional variation on the... And Interesting. And I wonder if it depends on the logo that you're looking at at a given time. Like, I'm I'm sure Scouts Canada, uh, their brand, when they've, when they've changed things, I don't know if they always use the... Uh, the fleur de lis on mm. a maple leaf or if that's you know that's just a recent thing probably more recent i mean my old I th- cub uniform and scout uniform are in there somewhere yeah. in a box i'm sure if i pulled them out there were stickers that 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 uh had like i support scouting and it had that brand on there and yeah i'm trying to remember if that was back when i was in scouts or mm. if that was something that happened as I, I was a leader. I, I seem to remember those more from about when we were in scouting. Yeah. They so, were kind of, yeah. So that, that particular, then, then that particular picture is something that's been, that's like, that's an old, yeah, an old logo. Well, that's all right. Yeah, I mean. Comparatively speaking at any rate. If you can stick with a logo for more than like three years, it's probably a good thing. You know, yeah. you've, you've done well in terms of designing your logo. Yeah. Well, here's some, here, here's a, here's 
question that I have. If if we didn't have uh, the current logo, what would be a suitable logo for scouting? That's a good one. Yeah, like I mean, something I th- that's something that because right now we have the the world scouting emblem, right? Yeah, and and it brings everybody together, and it's a unifying badge. You would need to find the same thing. Well, I think the next most obvious one would probably just be a compass itself. Okay. Right. You know, capturing a lot of that same uh, symbolism, but being more explicit about it. You're not just yeah. using the compass pointer. You just use the whole darn compass, right. you know. Um, and I think there are a couple of organizations around the world that use that. Hang on. Let me see. Or, or at least the star that you would see up at the top of a, uh, a map. Yep. And not the... Not the compass. Yeah, uh, like I'd I be... I forget what that star is called. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, the Navigators that, Organization yeah. uses the... Uh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> that would probably be a the next suitable one. Yeah, that would be an example. Uh, I mean, scouting emerged in the Northern Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> something like North, the Northern, or the North Star... Yeah. Wouldn't necessarily be the worst symbol, but at the same token, not particularly useful in the southern hemisphere. Yeah. You know. Well, and you there also, you've got the southern cross. Right. You want you want something that's uh that's unifying. So yeah. I mean, uh the the current the current badge is actually the current logo is probably the best. It it is uh, that it was like well, I say yeah, well compass. well done BP for yes for, well chosen yeah uh, for for the, for uh, picking that uh, particular all right well you got any shoutouts uh n- no I don't think so other well, than some delicious baking so yes uh, yeah. yes thank you to uh, thank you to your friend for some delicious yes. baking yes they're they're called blondies. And they're, they're like quite, an inverse color brownie. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I think they're quite tasty, actually. Delightful. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, and, and you? Do you have any shout? Um, not me personally, but I would like to give our customary shout out, of course, to the folks at Scouting Radio yes. for rebroadcasting our episodes to their worldwide audience. And uh, hey, if you're listening to us on Scouting Radio right now, let us know. Reach out and get in touch. We would love to hear from you. Now, here's how you can do that. You can, of course, shoot us an email, scoutingstuffpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at SSYSKpodcast. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash scoutingstuffpodcast. And if you really like us, please do leave us a review on iTunes, because it does, in Apple's weird metrics, it adds to our visibility, and hey, that's a good thing. Or, if you're really feeling keen, you can... Leave us a voice message. Uh, Just go to our website, scoutingstuffpodcast.com. Click on the leave us a message link at the top. And that'll take you to a page where you can leave us up to like 90 seconds of audio in a... uh, It's the tweet of the audio recording. Get what you can in 90 seconds. Yes, exactly. If you can talk really fast, you could probably get a lot in in 90 seconds. But, you know, I'm pretty good with the editing, too. So if you record, like, two or three things, I can probably splice them all together. <laughs> I would I would like to see how much one person could get in in 90 seconds. Well, I think my inbox... Yeah, well, yeah, that would be a... 
there's a challenge to the listeners. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, everyone, for listening. And we hope that you learned, if you didn't already know, a little bit more about the fleur de lis. I know I did. And why we use it as a symbol. Mm-hmm. And how it didn't start as a fleur de lis, but, you know, it's kind of... Anyways, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, be prepared. <laughs>